This is Wednesday night Bible study here at the Pine Little Pentecostal Wednesday Church on this February the 23rd, 2022 with our CE Director, Reverend Mac Perry. Tonight's message is Peter's Lessons. Here's Brother Matt. Tonight, uh, I'm going to reference, uh, uh, go back and reference a lot of uh, about four or five different uh, areas of John uh, because I, I got, at, when I started studying Peter again, uh, when you look at tonight's uh, two verses in chapter 18, we're going to read uh, uh, 10 and 11. Let me read this first, and then I'll talk to you a little bit, and then we'll get started. Uh, verse 10 in chapter 18. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and smote the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword unto the sheep, and the cup which my father hath given me shall I not drink yet. I'll talk about what that means, but what this uh, helped in my heart and my mind and got me to thinking about, uh, I've titled tonight's uh, uh, Bible study, Peter's Lessons. Uh, you know, when you think about Peter, you've heard the expression, uh, when you talk about loving the Lord, Peter loved the Lord no more than Peter loved the Lord, or the Peter loved the Lord you know, more than anyone else, and all this kind of stuff, more than Peter loved the Lord, would well, Peter definitely loved the Lord. But in Peter's learning and development about who Jesus Christ really was and is, Peter continued to try to do things to, he thought that was helpful. He kept trying to do things that he thought was correct. He kept doing things in the flesh to help Jesus, and he thought it was doing the right thing. But, you know, as, as I thought about these things that I'm going to share with you tonight, I think about how Peter must have felt. Because we've all felt, as Peter has felt during these uh, different trials that he's gone through, or learning and also unlearning some things that we'll talk about tonight. So uh, let's, uh, first of all, let's go through some... Uh, review of uh, last time and kind of get us to where we're at. Uh, last week, uh, we studied the beginning uh, of where, uh, you know, uh, they're in Gethsemane and uh, the soldiers have come up with a, a large group of soldiers and they're about to arrest Jesus. And, you know, when you start looking at uh, uh, chapter uh, uh, 18, you're looking at verses 4, you know, Jesus... Uh, uh, was saying to him, you know, Jesus knowing what was going to happen to him when he went out and asked him, who is it that you want? And then when I look back at, um, I, I, I refreshed our memory last week about seven different things that we talked about where Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. And I didn't re go back and reiterate all those, but I did talk about this eighth one that is known as the eighth thing that Jesus knew. But the, the point there more than anything else is Jesus was not caught off guard in any way. Jesus knew what was going on. The, de the devil never once, as I mentioned last week, caught Jesus off guard. He fully knew what was going to happen to him. He even knew Judas would be leading the pack to come and arrest him. But the scriptures also, I mentioned last week, back in Psalms, um, where David was, the psalmist was talking to us, Jesus uh, also back then, it was prophesied in Psalms about that exact event that night. You know, when Jesus said, um, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. In other words, all 50 plus of those 
to, uh, fell backwards onto the ground, as we talked about. This was a significant event. What it was doing is it was the power and the glory of Jesus that caused that to happen. And it sent a message to that whole group who Jesus was. Jesus was in charge, as I mentioned last week. Jesus knew what uh, was going on. And, you know, uh, the way they fell was kind of dangerous. It was almost like they were all pushed backwards. Most of us, when we fall, we fall forward. We really don't fall backwards, and I mentioned that. But in the 27th Psalm, I read to you last uh, week, it talked about how they fell backwards. Uh, and, he, and Jesus could see the lights coming, and this was all prophesied. I won't go back reading through all that again. But it was in Psalms 27, verses 1 and 2. So, you know, Jesus was singing with confidence. He was full of confidence. He knew what was going to happen. Jesus was certainly in control, as we talked about. Jesus in control that night. I mentioned last week, he wants to be in control of us also. He loves us. He wants us to, you know, to look to him and put our faith and confidence in him. And he, you know, when Jesus is controlling our life, our lives will be much, much better, as we talked about. You know, I read Luke, where Judas betrayed Jesus a second time. In, in, you know, in Luke 22, 47 and 48, Judas walked up and kissed Jesus on the cheek. What a really ugly thing when you really think about he's betraying Jesus, but he's trying to send a message that's false and un, it's, it's not true. The devil was guiding him for sure. The de it's just kind of the ultimate in ugliness, trying to walk up and kiss someone when you really are betraying them. You really are trying to deceive them. And that's what Luke was telling us uh, in his wording. So this was truly a display of ugliness that only the devil can plant in a heart. I believe it's even beyond flesh to act that ugly. I believe it's the devil that puts a plant in our heart that go up and kiss this individual and try to send a message. When Jesus was wise enough and understood, that was all fake. It was all a lie. Judas, you know, I believe Judas was even evil enough, as I mentioned last week, that he would want all those other disciples, all the disciples, to be arrested, as we talked about and read, where... Uh, Jesus told us, I have not lost one of you, uh, you know, you gave me, in, in, in verse 9, as I mentioned last week, Jesus was saying, you know, that he's protecting them. And I believe by that time, as I mentioned last week, that he had put enough intimidation, enough fear in all of his heart that they felt. And they were already intimidated, I believe. That's why they brought such a large group of men with them to arrest him. They knew there was something special. They knew there was something unique. They knew there was something divine about Jesus last week. So this brings us to where we're at tonight. And, you know, the, the divine authority that Jesus was already showing in his, during his arrest and the power of who he was, was, just remember, is in all of those soldiers' minds as we read these two verses. I want to reiterate 10. Then Simon Peter who had a sword, drew it out, struck the high priest, his servant, cutting off the right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And then uh, Jesus said to Peter, put away your sword. And then he says, shall I not drink? And I will conclude with what he meant by, shall I not drink the cup that the Father had given me? I think that's pretty straightforward anyway, but I'll spend a minute on that. We have to remember, these temple guards, when you're reading this and studying this, these temple guards are brutal, 
vicious killers. And the, the soldiers that were with them, they're used to fighting battles, killing people. They're trained killers. They're trained to react very quickly. They're trained to kill. They're, they're, you know, I can't overemphasize that, 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 that they were there to arrest Jesus. So, you know, in their heart and mind, you know, they were on the way there, but they still had this fear and intimidation. And after what happened to them, they were cautious. They were cautious. So think about this. Think about this. They could have been brutal quickly, but they didn't. Something was holding them back. Surely Malchus, when he screamed out, his ear was cut off. He was bleeding ferociously, I would imagine. We can only wonder why one of them sword, uh, soldiers just didn't round their, soldier, their sword into uh, Peter and kill him. That's what they're trained to do. They couldn't have because you know what? And they didn't have because Jesus was protecting them. And once again, once again, proven Jesus was in control of the whole situation. Malchus, you know, I think about when I, 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 I jumped all over the place in my study because I'm thinking about different things. I'm thinking about, wow, Mal, here's Malchus now. He won't worry about Peter or nobody else. His ear's off and bleeding. And, and you know what? The way medical attention was back then, he probably would have bled to death right there and died. But you know what I, Jesus did? Y'all remember what he, what he tells us in the scriptures? Jesus reached up, put the, picked up the ear, put it back on, and healed him. A miracle just like that. So I think about Malchus. At the time Jesus puts his ear back on, and we'll study this a little bit later, more about it. What the miracle? I, I think about once Jesus was resurrected, and now his disciples are out preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel. The Holy Spirit is, is, is here, uh, you know, on earth, strong, leading in God. I think about Malchus that just had a miracle done, just had a healing done. I wonder what was going through his mind. Was he out telling people that this Jesus healed him? I believe that there's a good possibility that he was saved also. I think about that. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a half full guy. The glass is half full of me. I'm a positive thinker. So I'm thinking Malchus was one of those that was converted. The Bible don't tell us that, but think about it. This man was healed by the touch of Jesus. His ear was put back on. Surely, surely, you have to wonder what did Malchus do with that healing after that fact. You have to think about what did he do, what did he think. You know, that night they did arrest Jesus. But, you know, they only arrested him because that's what Jesus wanted him to do. So now I want to turn my focus on to Peter. You know what Peter tried to do that night? I, I'm reminded that, you know, about Peter and how much he loved Jesus. He, he also was thinking that he wanted to help Jesus. He needed to assist Jesus. You ever felt that way in church sometime as a teacher or a leader or someone that loves God that you want to do something to help? You want to reach out, and I don't know if you've ever done anything dumb or not, but I have, and I think about those things that Peter did, and how he thought his way through this every time he did one of those things, so I want to, uh, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the excitement, or we, like Peter did, or caught up in the activity, or get caught up in the situation, as Peter did, and what I want to spend a little time on tonight, is it helps us think about Peter from a human standpoint, and how the human body and the flesh wanted to go do something to help out Jesus. And, you know, um, we need to be very careful with that. We need to be very careful. So there was some caution in my heart 
that got planted in my heart about not trying to do things real quickly or trying to react to things or respond to things real quickly without really praying about it, reading, studying the Word of God and praying that Jesus leads it. We, not, we need to treat, uh, seek God's wisdom and getting answers before we react and respond. Because we surely, surely will make mistakes without God leading us. God don't make mistakes. God don't. So as time went on, as we uh, look at Peter, you know, I, I think about, and I'm going to read some scriptures tonight, and we're going to uh, study five or six different events that uh, you know, happened to Peter in his life. And you surely, when you, when you put all these together, you think, wow, Peter, you must have really thought that you were uh, you know, always trying to do something for God and always messing up. You know, but Peter had lessons to learn. Peter had to learn that Jesus, he needed Jesus far more than Jesus needed him. Let me say that again. We need Jesus far more than, you know, Jesus needs us. With time, Peter had to develop. And he became a faithful apostle, as we know. He became a great apostle, great man of God. That not only thousands, but tens of thousands. And they spread the word, those 11 men throughout the world. Those 120 in those upper room. I think about the magnitude of that and how... Uh, Peter developed and the rest of them into what God wanted. But I thought it, it made me go back and think about the lessons that Peter had to learn. And it's lessons, the same kinds of lessons that we as Christians have to learn. It is a process. It is a process of learning. Anyone that tells you they know it all about God is incorrect. We are, it's a learning process. And we learn every day more and more and more. And some of them are tough lessons to learn. Some of them are lessons that we call it the school of hard knocks. Uh, you've probably heard that before. I believe Peter went through the school of hard knocks several times as we study tonight. When you look at the history of Peter, Peter's learnings and lessons, there was about six major ones I want to talk about tonight. First learning was in Matthew 16, 21 through 24. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto the disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. Now from this perspective, you have to remember, Jesus is teaching his disciples. His disciples are Jewish and they grew up thinking the Messiah was going to be a powerful, wonderful, nobody's going to be able to hurt them. Nobody's going to crucify them. He's going to, this Messiah is in charge of everything. They had been trained from childhood to think that. Think about that when Jesus is teaching. And these priests and these people are going to kill the Messiah or kill Jesus. So think about from Peter what he's thinking about here. Look at verse 22. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. So basically questioned Jesus, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And then 23. But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense or a stumbling block unto me. For thou severest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. 
Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Any man, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. Now, Jesus was prophesying what was going to happen. You know, as I said, Peter had been taught differently all his life. And, you know, becoming a disciple of God, Peter had to learn, and he had to do some unlearning of things that he has been trained. You know, we have to do the same thing. I thought more in this situation that Peter had to unlearn some things, something he'd been taught all his life. There's things in our childhood, I think about the world we live in today, how children are brought up not in church. They'll be, they're brought up in the world and in worldly things and how worldly pleasures are the things that, are the things that they should go after. They don't know about God's word. So when they first hear, start hearing the testimonies of Jesus, when they first start hearing the testimonies of God, it is very difficult for them because they got to unlearn about all the pleasures and the wonderful things, so-called wonderful things that they've been taught in this world. We have to unlearn those things. How do we get unlearned? Through the Word of Christ. The Word of Christ and through the Holy Spirit guiding us. Peter had to change his way of thinking and had a lot of growing up to do, had a lot of learning to do. But I, he loved Jesus. And you know what? That's another very point about unlearning. To unlearn, to seek Jesus, you got the desire to learn. You have the desire to love. Not only Jesus, but each other. You have the desire to love and look for him. And guess what happens? Your mind begins to change, as Peter did. You become, to be, you become blessed. And you become filled with the Holy Spirit that will guide you. We have to desire and love. This had to really bother people. Uh, Peter, think about this lesson. This really had to bother me. It would bother me as a human if somebody, you know, Jesus was the one told him, but if anybody told me that I was a devil or had a devil. Think about what he just said. You know, get behind me, devil. Get behind me. That was a tough learning experience. Another tough lesson. And then the second learning in Matthew 17, 1 through 7. After about six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, John, his brother, and bringeth them up into the high mountain apart, and was transfigured or changed um, before them, and his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, think about this now. Peter, James, and John are here on this mountain with Jesus. And behold, there appeared upon them Moses, Elijah, talking uh, with them. Moses and Elijah, 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 talking to them. Think about this. And then answered Peter. Now here's Peter in the flesh again. He's not filled with the Holy Spirit at this time. He's still learning. He said unto Jesus, he's excited. He's all pumped up. He's up on the mountain, and here is Moses talking to him. Listen, look, it is good for me for, for to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here 
There are three tabernacles, sacred tents, or places that let us make tabernacles for thee where we can worship, uh, one for Moses, one for uh, Elijah, one for you. And while yet he spake, now this is where the lesson is really learned. It won't Jesus talking to him this time. Be, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud. Hallelujah. God himself spoke to Peter. Think about this. Out of the cloud which said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Basically saying, you don't have to build no tents. You don't have to build nothing sacred for my son. Hallelujah. This is my son. You don't have to do anything. Hallelujah. But faith, put your faith and worship in him. In whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Listen to Jesus is what he's saying. And Jesus came and touched him and said, Arise and be not afraid. Hallelujah. You know, I wonder by now what Peter, Peter is thinking. He's beginning to think. You know, he's probably beginning to think, Lord Jesus, are you going to let me be a disciple? I keep making these mistakes. It was a second reprimand in the same week. If you look at the time frame from the previous uh, reprimand to this reprimand, you know, where Jesus said, devil, get behind me. You know, to this one. But two very valuable lessons. I wonder what people, you know, but the thing that Peter was really, without any doubt, Peter loved the Lord. He loved Jesus. Because think about this. When you put your human side on again, you think about, Lord, if somebody had just, you know, reprimanded me, and now I get it twice in the same week, am I going to get discouraged and quit? Am I going to get mad? Am I going to get ugly? Well, how am I going to do this? Peter went on. He kept learning. As we learn, he kept learning. It's what we got to do. Sometimes we will get reprimanded, and we have to learn. It was a mistake, and we must go forward and keep learning another uh, lesson in life. Jesus definitely wanted people of uh, Peter to learn. Jesus loved Peter. Tough school of, uh, what is it, school of hard knocks again. I think about it. He had a lot, still had a lot to learn. And, you know, I believe that even at that time, Jesus knew they were the great plan for Peter. I know that he knew Peter, how Peter was going to respond, how Peter was going to go forward, and Peter was going to keep learning and loving him and going forward. And that's the attitude that we must have as Christians in going forward, still trusting Jesus, believing in Jesus, loving him, and loving each other. So to, I think about the second learning came directly from God. What a powerful learning and letting him know that Jesus was his son. What a powerful message to all of us, that he is uh, the son of God. Another variable lesson for Peter, and Peter was rebuked, rebuked again. But in Peter's heart, I, I believe he's thinking, <laughs> putting the human side on again. He's, he, you know, and, and we've all been there. He's thinking, my big mouth has gotten me in trouble again. How many times does our big mouth get us in trouble? I've messed up again. I can't seem to do anything right. 
the, the human side of Peter, I'm sure, was thinking these things, and it helped me understand more how much I need to be loving Jesus and how much he really loves me because he wants to train me. He wants to develop us into godly men and women. So the third learning for Peter, Peter taught him a very valuable lesson again. So looking at the fourth lesson, let's look in Luke 22, 31, and 34. That's all right. Luke 22. 22. Fingers stick together, don't they? I know you ain't supposed to lick them. These pages wore out. Thank God. Looking at 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thou have failed not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brother. And he said unto them, Lord, I am ready to go with thee, both in prison and to death. You know what? I am not where I'm supposed to be. There we go. 22, 31 through 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he, I am in the right place. Anyway, you know, remember at the Last Supper uh, when Peter was boasting how loyal he was to Jesus and how um, that, uh, you know, that uh, he was the most loyal and they were bragging, they were actually bragging about it. And, uh, you know, a moment Peter, uh, later Peter did not want, uh, you know, he was hearing another, I, I am really messed up here. I don't know how I've got messed up, but I sure did get messed up. There it is. I knew I was way ahead of myself. Look at uh, John, I'm sorry, Jenny, John 13, 5 through 9. I'll get on track here. Do what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. 13, 5 through 9. I got ahead of myself. That's what happened. You know what? And, and there is when he was doing uh, washing Jesus' feet. And after that, he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them in the towel where, uh, wherewith he uh, was girded, wrapped around him. 
Then cometh to, to Simon Peter, and Peter saith to him, Lord, now he thinks he's doing the right thing again. He really thinks that, you know, Jesus shouldn't be washing his feet, that he should be washing Jesus' feet. So look what he says. And Simon Peter, and then Peter said to him, Lord, doesn't thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I doeth thou knowest not, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part of me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but only my hands and my head. So once Peter realized again that he had made a terrible mistake and, uh, and Jesus, he now saying wash everything. So he didn't, you know, Jesus uh, is another lesson to, to uh, Peter in that, you know, he, it was an honor for Jesus. To, he loved him. He wanted to wash for Peter. But deep in Peter's heart again, he's thinking the same thing, that his big mouth has got him in trouble again. And then Peter boasted, the last one was at the, uh, or the fourth one was at the, um, his, about his lo loyalty. And surely this was another time when uh, uh, Peter did not want to hear what Jesus had to say. But, you know, Jesus told him here about how the devil was waging war on them, as I read to you briefly a few minutes ago, that the, the devil was uh, just wanting to destroy him and, and did not want Peter to love the Lord like he did. He did not want Peter to love him. So, you know, this was another devastating blow to, to Peter in that, you know, he's saying, wow, everything I do messes up. I don't understand the prophecy because, you know, Jesus also prophesied that Peter, Peter uh, 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 would deny him three times. Remember that? Peter just, that was another lesson for Peter, another devastating blow for Peter. Peter just didn't understand. I would think by now Peter is just wondering if he shouldn't just give up, that Jesus is not going to even want him as a disciple. But there was a lot that Peter still loved. There was a, uh, he knew that um, the Lord loved him and Peter loved him. So he just kept right on learning, kept right on trust, trusting him. Many of the trials that we go through is similar to what Peter is going through. We, we, we try to do things and we mess up. And, you know, we have to be taught lessons. And sometimes we go to the school of hard knocks. We have trials and things in our life. And, uh, and they challenge us and they, they hurt us sometimes. But remember, a lot of these lessons are to teach us to hold on, to trust him more. Because I can imagine... Pre, uh, uh, Peter could have, as I said, went in many directions with his faith and, and lost his faith, but he did not. You know, he had to learn that God had a lot of work for him. The fact is Jesus knew that Satan wanted to destroy him and all the other disciples. Same with us. This, as the Bible tells us, Satan is out to destroy us. He wants to destroy us. And then the fifth teaching was about it tonight. Malchus's ear that he just cut off. Satan's strategy, no doubt, in my mind, as we wrap up these uh, 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 five things, the sixth one that's coming, Satan's strategy was, I, I wonder if he's thinking that if, you know, if Peter does this, then Peter's going to be killed and be destroyed. That was probably the devil's plan, is to see Peter killed, because he knew that these uh, soldiers were vicious. They were tough people. They were brutal people. He just thought surely that one of these soldiers would have killed him. But Satan's, Satan's uh, strategy did not work again because 
Jesus had control of the situation. Jesus protected his disciples. Jesus protects us as disciples. The, the soldiers could have easily killed him, but they did not. Christians, the devil is no match. The devil is no match for our Jesus Christ. He doesn't even compare. He's defeated, as the Bible tells us. He has no claim on us, as he had no claim on Peter or none of the other disciples. Some of the hardest things that we do is obeying God and allowing God to give us direction. Sometimes we get direction and we don't even, in our hearts and minds, understand them. We resist them. We've often heard many times, even preachers, that are called to preach, and they fight it. They don't understand it. They say, no, Lord, I'm not qualified. I can't do this. We as teachers, sometimes we struggle with that. Lord, I, I kind of think I ought to be a teacher or want to be a teacher, but I just don't think I'm qualified to be a teacher. I believe that if that is planted in your heart, you ought to step that foot forward and go try to teach. I believe God will bless you for that. Anytime you're trying to do something for the Lord, he will bless you, I believe. And those things that's planted in your heart, the devil's not going to plant being a teacher in your heart. He's not going to plant going touching somebody or blessing someone or taking them food or giving them, you know, doing this or doing that for the Lord. The devil don't do that. Our assignment, our direction is to put our faith in God. When you have those little seeds planted in your heart, that is God giving us direction. We should take a, a, a step forward. Every day is a learning. Every day is a training for us. A de-learning uh, and a learning for us. And we must remember that. And to how do we learn? It is important that we always learn from the Word of God. Learning from this world will not teach us anything but destruction. The only learning we should be getting is from Jesus' Word, God's Word. Jesus says something that he wants each one of us to do. You may not know it now or today, but there's something he wants us to do. You know, I think about, <laughs> I think about this, and you've been there. Every one of us has been there. One of the lessons that Peter had to learn, and many of us, is you never, ever, ever, ever been corrected properly until you've gone to the woodshed of Jesus. Do y'all know what I mean by that? Y'all remember the old saying, taking them to the woodshed? That kind of come into my heart as I was studying, and I said, thank you, Jesus. Because you've never been to the woodshed until the Holy Spirit takes you to the woodshed. And we all need that and need to learn. The last part of verse 12, when Jesus said, I shall not drink the cup the Father has given me, he's simply saying that, I am in my Father's will. This is the plan. This is part of what I have to do. And this is what I'm going to do. So he's just saying, uh, I am going to drink what the Father has given me. I am going to do uh, the will of my Father. As Christians, our desire should be the same thing, is do the will of our Jesus and Savior. Would you stand with me as we dismiss? Thank you for being a part of this Bible study. Sorry I got off course a little bit tonight on where my brain went. But uh, I think the message is clear. The message is clear. Uh, Peter went through the school of hard knocks. Not only Peter, but we could think of many people in the Bible. But I, I just happened to start thinking about Peter taking his sword without thinking and just whacking off an ear. And we do the same thing sometimes. We emotionally get involved in something and we say something or 
do something that we later regret. I, as a young supervisor or manager, uh, I remember many different types of training classes and many types of things that they could, they, that we as rookie supervisors and managers trained us. But one of the things that I remember a more senior uh, manager, uh, an executive vice president had been through the School of Hard Knocks, said to me one time that even today sticks in my heart. It's hard to remember, but he said, Mac, you're the most wide open person I've ever seen. He says, you're always moving, going, and you're always making decisions, making decisions on the fly. And I was in an environment that you had to make the decisions on the fly. He said, but there's two things I want to share with you. And I want to, and he, and I could tell he really respected me a lot. He says, in life you get six silver bullets. Do y'all know what I mean by that? You get six silver bullets. Use them wisely. So you learn, your gun is loaded. You, so learn to fight which battles you're going to fight. There's only a few. We're fighting. Number one, you only get six. Remember that. So you only, in other words, every battle isn't worth fighting. Every battle isn't worth fighting. And then the second thing that stuck probably more with me than every, anything else is, Mac, you need to sometimes stop, go home, and sleep on a decision. Don't make that decision without thinking about it. Now, what God has taught me is, Mac, go home. Read your scriptures. Read the word. Pray. Meditate on me. Think about your decision before you go do it. Think about what's right before you go do it. So, another valuable lesson. And I've gone through some valuable lessons in my professional career and my Christian uh, career, as, as you have too, as a leader. As a leader, you have to be very careful. And as Peter did, Peter learned some very valuable lessons. But you know what? Peter became a great, great man of God that reached a lot of lost people. And that's the bottom line, is we want to learn and unlearn what is needed to go be great disciples for Jesus Christ. Would you come and let's gather tonight and be dismissed. Thank you, dear Jesus. You've been watching the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. The Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church is located on 112 East Blanche Street. We welcome you to come and join us in worship every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m., every Sunday night at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget, if you can't join us in person, you can always join us via the internet through the website at pinelevelphc.org. You can watch our services, check out upcoming events, and lots more there at the website. You can also check out our app through Google Play or iOS App Store. Download the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church app. It's free to use, free to download. You can watch our services live or on demand. Check out other things about the church, even donate to the church through the link. If you have a Facebook account, 
account, go to facebook.com forward slash PhC. Get notifications when we go live. Check out pictures and other upcoming events about our church. Just like our Facebook page. That's all you have to do. Also, YouTube is available for the YouTube subscribers. Search YouTube for Pine Level PH Church. Subscribe to our channel. Get notifications when we go live. You watch our services live or on demand. Don't forget, if you can't watch us, maybe you want to listen. Search for our podcast through your favorite podcast provider and listen to the services anywhere in the world. Don't forget about our new radio station. Go to our website or app for the quick link. And you can also just simply type in pinelevelphc.org forward slash radio. Radio stations playing good gospel music 24-7. Also, lots other programming is available for your enjoyment. So if you want to check that out, do so anytime and listen with friends around the world. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. We hope to see you soon here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church.